You are listening to Propelling, a micro drones podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Propelling. I'm your host, Landon Jones. I'm excited to take you along with me as I learn more about the state of the drone industry in Africa. Here to talk to us about some of the challenges and advantages that drone users across the continent of Africa are facing and why it might be beneficial for you to join in on the action is MicroDrones sales manager, Hanno Truder. How are you doing today, Hanno? Fine, thank you, and yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much. So as a a sales manager for MicroDrones, you're in charge of the continent of Africa. I was wondering, what is it about Africa and the market for commercial drones there that maybe is different than in the United States? Well, first of all, just to give you a bit of perspective on on the actual size of Africa that a lot of people don't actually realize. Um, If you take it from from south to north, you're looking at about 8,000 kilometers, and from east to west, uh, 7,500 kilometers. And then actual North America, China, India, Eastern Europe, Spain, France, Germany, Switzerland, and Japan all can fit into Africa itself. So it's quite a quite a vast um, area that that we cover out here. But yeah, what what makes it um, so unique that it's very less institutionalized than U.S. and and Europe, and it offers a lot of space for entrepreneurs um, to experiment with with their products. Drones have many applications in in Africa, which includes agriculture, mapping and surveying, inspection, um, land tenure, including uh, farm boundary delineations, a major issue in African countries currently, um, land use planning, emergency medical cargo uh, delivery, and uh, wildlife conservation. Um, But still, the deployment of drone technology in Africa still faces technological, economic, social, and legal uh, regulatory challenges. So yeah, so um, only 28% of African countries have official regulations in place, which governs the use of drones. It's a very unique market to the US and and, and Europe. I want to talk a bit more about the regulations that you mentioned. I know at least for me, and, and this is probably my mindset, but also a lot of Americans, for us, regulations would be a bad thing. But from what you were saying, it seems like you were wanting um, better regulations set in place so that drones could be used more effectively. Yes, specifically in South Africa, but a lot of other African countries, drones are seen by the, by the civil aviation authorities as, as aircraft. So, and, and um, they get handled in, in, in a similar way. So legislation is a huge challenge for us. The licensing process is extremely lengthy and cost, costly. Lately, commercial drone adoption has been gaining momentum in Africa uh, within specific uh, three industries, namely agriculture, mining, and renewable energy. And uh, the impact has been significant um, from creating a safer work environment, saving time, and obviously increasing crops as well. 
Um, but yeah, there's one big hurdle that remains for drone adoption to grow on scale in Africa is the lack of the official regulations governing the use of drones in many of, of the countries. Some 26% of the African countries now have drone regulations in place, um, of which South Africa, Mauritius, Morocco, and Rwanda, and Tanzania um, are among the countries where drones are deployed specifically in agriculture um, and a widespread use in, in other industries as well. I was also wondering if you had a story from a drone user that you could tell us about some sort of difficulty or challenge that they face or a success story of a micro drone in Africa? Yes, we recently um, uh, did a, uh, well, we started a case study with um, a very large sugarcane producer in, in, in uh, Southern Africa, a company called Tongard Hewlett. Um, and they've, they got a, um, one of their major problems is to determine the actual um, yield of, of sugar that a certain field can produce before it actually goes to the mill. Because currently they can only determine the, the volume or the amount of sugar that gets produced once it's been crushed and went through the mill. Um, so what we've done is um, with, with one of our uh, drones, uh, the MD Mapper 1000, uh, fitted with a LiDAR um, sensor, We've, we flew one of the sugarcane fields, and by using the LiDAR data, we could determine the actual, what they call the stalk height of the sugarcane plant. And by using a third-party software um, that Tongard Hewlett's um, uh, designed, they, they could actually determine the yield of a specific field um, that the sugarcane will produce before it's actually been harvested. And um, this has happened three months before the actual harvest date. And they were still able to do some um, rectification to the soil to actually increase the yield of that specific field before it gets harvested. So yeah, this was a, was a major um, breakthrough for them itself. And we as microdrones was proud to be part of this this exercise, and that um, there's another twenty seven and a half thousand hectares of sugarcane <clears throat> throughout um, southern Africa that uh, the same operation needs to be needs to be practiced. And um, yeah, hopefully this this will will open up a few doors for some sugarcane producers in in Africa. Yeah, that, that is really cool. Farming and agriculture is a big use for drones all over the world. A lot of the eastern countries like China and maybe India, which has very limited agricultural land available, all focuses on Africa now to, to invest in Africa, to produce crop, to feed their population. So... Um, Yes, agriculture is also a very good industry. Currently, um, in Africa, um, there is about 50 operational PV solar plants and uh, with a total of about 6.7 million 
um, solar panels and all this, these panels needs to be inspected on a regular basis um, for dead or faulty photocells. So that, that's also a, an, an industry um, that we or myself is, is, is concentrating on a lot in over the past few months uh, is the renewable energy side. So that's that's also industry that that's been boom booming over the past few years, and and obviously where drones um, is, is is a big necessity when when inspecting these wind turbines and and solar farms. If you look at at, at the norm like a wind turbine, uh, especially the blades are the ones that need to be inspected on a regular basis for damages. Now, if you can just think, the height of these these structures, um, those motors sit at about 80 meters above the ground level so um, in the traditional way the guys would would climb will go to the top and they would actually by means of rope access slide down these blades to actually inspect them so with a drone fitted with a camera and a live video feed um, you can fly close to these blades and inspect them um, which obviously is a much more safer than putting someone up there on a rope inspecting them and when it comes to these solar farms you can uh, there's some some of them that we inspect using cameras or we can actually also inspect these photo cells by using uh, thermal cameras that will show up uh, uh, cold spots on, on on the panels and obviously when when there's a cold spot you know that either the photo cell is dead or uh, maybe it's dirty it's got dust or something on it yes I was also wondering, you mentioned earlier about surveying and um, land access and, and creating maps. I was wondering, um, what are the biggest opportunities for drone users in that area? And, and what does it mean to communities to be able to have access to land and accurate surveying? Only 10% of rural land in Africa is mapped and re- registered currently. And this obviously poses an immense hurdle for, for development. There's a lot of, of, of tribes in, in Africa itself, and obviously each and every tribe um, has their own land that, that gets used by, by their people, and obviously for producing crop and, um, and farming with livestock. So having set boundaries is, is obviously very important for, for these tribes. Um, so where, where these boundaries can be established, very quickly um, in, in a, in a, in a um, very cheap way um, is, is obviously very important because of these vast areas that we cover in Africa. And that's where, where drones really come, come into, in, into place um, to assist the, the actual surveyors instead of walking kilometers and kilometers and spending hours and hours through the bush and chopping down trees and opening up sight lines, you can use a drone for, for these type of surveys, yes. If I can take an example of on, on the healthcare care side, countries like Rwanda, Uganda, um, by road sometimes delivery of essential medical supplies can take up to two days to cover an, uh, a distance of about 100 kilometers or 50 kilometers. And just by using drones it can it can take uh, you know you can take maybe up to an hour to reach to reach these these places and obviously that's very important um, supplying uh, 
critical medical supplies can save lives. My last question for you, Hanno, is what would you hope that drone usage looks like um, in Africa in the near future? Um, hopefully, the you know it can get be much more regulated, and obviously the different aviation bodies are working on 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 legislations in each and every country, and obviously grow the business for for drones because uh, that that's where the future the future is heading to. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard. You can listen to previous episodes of Propelling at microdrones.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time. Propelling, a microdrones podcast.